This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. This episode of This Week in HPC is brought to you by DDN, delivering faster insights with flexible storage solutions. DDN, intelligent infrastructure for a changing world. Visit ddn.com. Supercomputing takes on the coronavirus this week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in to a special episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research. This week on HPC is Tiffany Trader is uh, out on assignment. I'm joined by Carlo Cavazzoni, who's a senior Chineca staff member. Chineca is one of the leading supercomputing sites in Europe, in the world, really, and located in Italy near the major outbreak of the coronavirus. Geneca is the host of the Marconi supercomputer, which is one of the top 20 most powerful supercomputers in the world, according to the most recent Top 500 list. It's been selected as one of the pre-exascale sites for the Leonardo supercomputer, expected to begin arriving at the end of 2021 and go into full production in 2022. Carlo, thank you very much for joining me on a special episode of This Week in HPC. Hello, Edison. And actually, actually, uh, I have to, uh, let's say, the, the Leonardo is expected to, uh, Hopefully at the beginning of 2021, actually. <laughs> it's been upgraded since I started talking, so I appreciate you fixing me on that. But more importantly, uh, Chineca has a lot of supercomputing resources available, of course, and has been tapped for a special project by the European Commission, receiving a grant under a project called Excalate for coronavirus. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, this is, uh, let's say... Um, a research project uh, that uh, get together a lot of uh, research uh, uh, communities around Europe working on, uh, let's say, drug design. And uh, let's say all these communities uh, were getting together just because of the spread out of the virus and responding to the urgent call of the European Commission to find, let's say, and to fund the the research on that matter and uh, trying to organize the community around uh, around the 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 research that is needed to uh, found the new drug actually i would say that is really exciting beside uh, let's say beside the sad situation is really exciting to be part of this uh, let's say endeavor and uh, all this research team around Europe have been working together in this consortium. Uh, so beside the finding, we are committing much more resources of what we are receiving, actually, because we found the urgency to find uh, a solution for the spread out for these uh, critical situations. So I found really, really um, uh, uh, um, amazing collaboration uh, spirit among different uh, uh, site, uh, I mean, uh, we have uh, Chineca, but we have also Barcelona Supercomputing Center. We have uh, uh, Hulix Supercomputing Center. We have uh, uh, KTH uh, Supercomputing Center and all the research team working around uh, this uh, supercomputing center. So, I mean, uh, the researchers and the sciences that are uh, sharing information, sharing knowledge and uh, working together to uh, ensure to get as fast as possible good candidate drug for the for the for the for the coronavirus 
And in as much as there's a new grant responding to this urgent outbreak worldwide, this is actually not starting from zero, right? We already had a project or some infrastructure in place previously studying the Zika virus. Is that right? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, again, uh, in the bad situation, we were lucky to been uh, uh, ready for that uh, uh, since uh, the whole machinery was uh, the outcome of, uh, let's say, previous uh, European-funded project that was called Antarex, uh, and in, in where we uh, were able to set up and uh, bring up all the codes and the workflows uh, from the, let's say, uh, uh, small-scale context to the supercomputing uh, infrastructure. So this was ready since uh, one year from now. It has been tested on the Zika virus, not in a, such an emergency that we are right now. So in the, uh, so we were ready, and we actually, it's one month that uh, uh, we are working uh, already on uh, having the platform uh, up and running on our supercomputer. And so we we definitely not start from zero. And if you take into account uh, the development, the early uh, the early stages of the codes and the workflow dates back in 2005 when we started to understand that in drug design, supercomputer may may have a role in the future. So, and 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 now we are in that situation actually. Now, you in particular are an expert in chemistry. You're one of the primary developers of the Quantum Espresso Code, which is one of the top 10 most cited applications in the chemistry field in our site census survey worldwide. Chemistry, of course, being the broadest HPC area in terms of applications named. Uh, you're not necessarily an expert in coronavirus specifically, but this is a, in part a public-private partnership that, that brings in not only these resources from BSC and Ulich, like you already described, but but also some work with Dompe locally. So there's a lot of, of expertise being brought to bear in this project. Is that right? Yeah, actually, yeah. My background is in material science, and um, uh, my main development is in, uh, in quantum chemistry codes, uh, as you said. Uh, and so in this particular case, uh, my expertise is... Uh, uh, related to uh, uh, the competence of uh, bringing uh, uh, application from uh, from low end to high end, and uh, so beside uh, uh, specialists in HPC, actually most of the researchers are instead from the as you said from the pharmaceutical industry, working really hard, uh, almost 24 hour uh, a day, and uh, from other uh, let's say research labs uh, the, uh, in Europe uh, linked or not linked uh, directly to the supercomputing center. So we have also a research lab in Switzerland. We have uh, hospitals. We have uh, uh, um, uh, facilities in, uh, in, uh, in Belgium for, uh, let's say, testing in vitro, the molecules we will suggest. So most of the research involved uh, are uh, are uh, expert of the field. HPC is an enabling, let's say, and uh, enabling uh, infrastructure and uh, a competence that can speed up what uh, previously would take uh, month or year in order to have uh, the candidates and the and the, uh, the the molecules, the structure of the molecule to be 
hand over to the to the labs where they then really have to synthesize the molecule, field test in the in the biological environment, and then uh, finally uh, given to so prescribed to human. So we we will short all this initial stage uh, to almost zero time because we are talking uh, of weeks that in this uh, context is uh, zero time, even if when we are when you are in the spot it it's, it seems not so so zero time yeah this is something that's moving very quickly of course and we're going to talk about that in a minute but first let's drill down a little bit on the use of hpc and ai you were mentioning some of the work that goes on there and i as an analyst can think through a lot of the myriad ways that hpc or ai could be used in, in terms of helping with the scientific study of the spread of a pandemic uh, and with COVID-19, we could be looking at exactly that monitoring or better yet predicting the spread from the source and, and how it moves through a community. Then there's, of course, what you were just talking about, genetic sequencing, understanding how the molecule works, the science behind it moving that up toward treatment or mitigating the effect of the disease, plans for prevention, plans for cure, ultimately the design of drugs or, or, or a vaccination looking forward. Now, you know, you're not involved in all of those areas in terms of chemistry right now, but can you talk about some of the specific applications you're using and where your research is fitting in to, to help the world cope with COVID-19? Yeah, uh, in our pipeline, there are essentially uh two main uh, uh, kind of application uh one is molecular dynamics that we use to properly uh, uh properly define and refine the 3d structures of the protein target for the for the um, candidate drugs and for that we use gromax code in fact in in the in the project uh, we have also Eric Lindahl, uh, which is the main author of Gramax, which is a part of this endeavor as well, obviously. And uh, then the, from the other, uh, we use uh, molecular uh, docking. Uh, that means uh, taking uh, a huge amount of uh, uh, molecules, drug candidate molecules, and try to bind those molecules to a digital model of the binding uh, to the to the protein, so we have uh, all the, all the proteins of the virus that have been identified based on the genomic analysis and uh, homology, homology modeling, all these techniques that require uh, mainly molecular dynamics, and then we are applying this kind of uh, drug design which takes uh, up uh, combinatorial like uh, uh, phase space exploration of all the configuration of the of the candidate drugs and find out the best candidate in terms of score. And finally, we will refine the score and the best candidate with either Monte Carlo and free energy technique that will give us the best candidate that we can hand over to the labs because the labs cannot treat hundreds or millions of molecules, but they can handle in the order of thousands. So we have to give them the best 1,000 candidate molecules in order to be tested in the labs. And this is the, the challenge we have. Yeah, that kind of target reduction has been one of the main uh, application areas that we've found in biosciences in general. It's not practical to look at 
millions of candidates, as, as you said. But if we can get that down to the order of a thousand or fewer, now that's something that we can work with and really try to speed this up uh, toward production. And I'm very appreciative of the work that's being done there. One of the reasons, another reason that I, I like talking to you about this in particular is not just your critical work on the science here, but just at a personal level, you're in one of the most affected areas in the world. Neither one of us is in Wuhan, China, of course, but in Italy, uh, Cineca is in Bologna, which is not too far from the epicenter, but you're all working from home now. You're in Modena, which is quite close to the original epicenter in Italy. I'm in Silicon Valley, which is one of the hotbeds in the United States right now. Our schools are, are still open for the moment, although things are changing day to day and people are talking about the United States being only a few weeks behind Italy on the path in terms of, of, of this outbreak. Can you talk just a little bit about your personal experience and how you've seen the virus spread through your community? Yeah, yeah, actually, yes. Uh, I have to say that, uh, yeah, I'm living uh, more or less uh, 60, 60 kilometers apart uh, from the from the the city where the first uh, where we have the first breakout of the virus, and actually here the school have been shut down three weeks ago. So uh, at the beginning, not all Italy were uh, was uh, shut down, but just uh, this part of Italy, a smaller, let's say, close to between Lombardy and the Emilia Romagna. So uh, I've been in the in the epicenter since. Uh, Three weeks right now, and uh, we we always see the situation going uh, worse and worse, uh, and uh, without any sign of uh, relieving, uh, uh, up to the point where the where the state uh, were, was forced to be shut down just because we ran out of places in the hospital. Uh, and this is uh, uh, and this is how we can I can see the same dynamics actually all around the world. So you start, uh, obviously you cannot, probably, I don't know, but probably uh, uh, politician uh, fear uh, <laughs> the fact of uh, taking too drastic measure, especially in the Western world. And so they take one action after the other. But I say my experience is that all this action uh, has not really an effect up to the point where you have to force people to stay at home and shut down everything and uh, avoid people getting getting together because this is uh, a quite contagious virus and uh, it's just uh, just a matter of uh, touching someone that has the virus that uh, and you have a, a, a good chance to to get uh, to get infected so my ex personal experience that uh, up to the shutdown nothing has stopped the virus i mean we have school shut down since 3 weeks and uh, we had not uh, seen any sign of relief up to now where we have shut down everything. And now I, I think we will see the same dynamics they have in uh, Juan. So now everybody is at home. Is at home. We have only essential uh, services uh, running. Uh, and so I, this is, I think, it will work. It's been amazing to me how quickly things have been changing on a day-to-day -day basis. Less than two weeks ago, I was live in Houston at the Rice Oil and Gas HPC uh, conference, which is one of my favorite conferences of the year. It was in the middle of the country. Things seemed relatively stable. But by later in that week, I was supposed to be back uh, here at home in San Jose for the Open Compute Project 
summit. That one was canceled. We're dealing, of course, with the cancellation of GTC and other smaller events, both in the United States and worldwide, uh, with the cancellation of, for example, uh, the uh, supercomputing summit in uh, in Poland, the European supercomputing summit there, the Dell HPC community event, um, the uh, Cray user group, the women in HPC summit. Uh, these all seem quite appropriate now in the context of much larger things going on in uh, sporting events getting canceled like the NBA, the NHL in the United States, the World Figure Skating Championship, Disneyland is closed. Uh, we're, we're now seeing uh, a mobilization across the country of the cancellation of these larger scale events. I don't know how long it'll be lasting, but uh, this is our new normal for the time being. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, we we see this situation here in Italy as well, obviously, and uh, we have seen all these, uh, uh, let's say, uh, steps uh, already in the last in the last month being taken here around uh, uh, closing one one. One thing after the other, up to the complete shutdown, and well, actually, I'm confident that now the situation will will improve. In two weeks, it will start to improve. I've been speaking with Carlo Cavazzoni, senior staff member at Chineca. Carlo, thank you for joining me on the podcast, and more importantly, thank you for your very important work. I know and hope you're very busy, and I'll let you get back to it. Thanks for being with me this week in HPC. And thank you, Edison, for uh, for the nice conversation. Stay healthy, everybody. Wash your hands. And thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.